God bless you. Amen. Good afternoon, everyone. God is good. God bless you. Welcome to the house of God. Uh, we're going to continue on the series where we've been teaching about the four signs of the end times. And these are four uh, relevant signs that we can all see with our very own eyes, even though the book of Revelation uh, gives more uh, signs and details. But the Holy Spirit led me to just give you four basic signs so that way you could identify the rapture that's coming. Amen. And the rapture and the second coming of Jesus Christ are two different events, but we're just disclosing four signs as we get closer to the rapture. Amen. Amen. The word rapture does not appear in the Bible. It comes from the term and also through uh, scholars and, and, and philosophers and theologians, they use the word to describe a blink of an eye. A blink of an eye. In a blink of an eye, all of us who are walking accordingly, not claiming, walking, walking, not claiming, because there's a lot of those who claim, but they're so far from the Father. Actions speak louder than words. Let's go to Matthew. I mean, I, I apologize. Let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 through 12. And today we're going to be talking about the second sign. And then we're going to move on to the third sign of the four signs. And if you want to catch up, uh, just go into our YouTube channel and all of the videos are uploaded. Go into our website. They're uploaded as well. For more information about our ministry, log on to our website at www.resurrectionspringfield.org. And let us read. First of Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 through 12. Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good, and nothing is to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving. For it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. If you instruct the brethren in these things, you will be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished in the words of faith and of the good doctrine which you have carefully followed. But reject profane and old wives' fables and exercise yourself towards godliness. For bodily exercise profits a little, but godliness is profitable for all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance. For to this end we both labor and suffer reproach, because we trust in the living God, who is the Savior of all men, especially of those who believe. These things command and teach. Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Dear Lord, we give you thanks, honor, and glory for giving us this opportunity of being together. We ask you to bless this service. Guide us. Guide us, Lord. Convict us. Transform us and renew us into people of change. Father, I bless everyone who's here, those who are watching us, and those that couldn't be here in attendance. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, we may be seated. Amen. God is good. Amen. God is so good. Amen. Ooh. The first sign that we discussed and preached and talked about was found in Matthew chapter 24, verse 10 through 12. Many will be offended. And the second sign, we found it in Matthew chapter 24, verses 3 through 14, where it says many false prophets and teachers will arise and will deceive many, meaning the majority. Amen? Yesterday I was having a conversation with a with an individual, and we were talking about ministry and the Word of God and so forth. In the midst of our conversation, he began to testify to me that he's been in his congregation for more than 15 years. And I said, wow, that's good, man. You've been serving. But 
when I said you've been serving, it, it kind of like threw him off. And he began to speak about his congregation, his pastor, and how disappointed he was. He says, I've been serving my church for over 15 years, doing the sound, the technology, and all of that. And if they brought anyone in there to do what I do, they will have to pay them $150 to $200. And I looked at him and I said, are you doing it for God or are you doing it for men? He was dumbfounded. Why was he dumbfounded? Because the Bible says very clearly in Matthew chapter 6 verse 4, so that you give in secret and your father who sees you in secret will reward you openly. False teaching in the church has created an atmosphere of apathy and entitlement where people feel that if they're not acknowledged, they're, if, they're, if they're not congratulated, in the midst of that mindset, they begin to fall into what the Apostle Paul told Timothy, doctrines of demons. And today we're going to talk about doctrines of demons. The doctrines of demons are being preached in the altars. The doctrines of demons are being executed in the churches. And people come to church because they feel like it. Not because they're committed to God. That's why they pick and choose what service to attend. And if you announce who's preaching or who's speaking, and it's their favorite speaker, then they will attend. But there will be one day where I'm not going to be here. The people are going to walk in through those doors and they're not going to find pastor. They're not going to find many of us because the rapture is going to take place. Now, prophecy is not supposed to scare you. It's supposed to prepare you. And you don't need to come to church to know where the world's going. Just turn on CNN and Fox and you will find out that we're heading down a spiral very, very quickly. And for many of you who are not aware of that, it will become news to you that day. America will not recover from the pandemic. This is a pestilent. This is the beginning of labors of pain that the Bible talks about. Things are going to get worse and worse and worse. Why? Because America has forgotten about God. If we were real Christians, half of the stuff that be promoted on TV wouldn't be promoted. We would have shut it down a long time ago. But the church has lost its voice. Why? Because the church went from the American dream to the prosperity gospel. Name it and claim it. God is a just God. He's not fair. He gives accordingly. He's not going to give you something that's going to destroy you. So stop envying others' blessings. What someone's blessing, it can be a curse for you. You have to be content with what God has given you, and you got to celebrate those who are blessed by God in a unique way. Maybe God didn't create you to be a business owner, but if my brother and my sister is a business owner, then I'm going to benefit from that because I rejoice in their blessing. Are you hearing me, church? But the problem is that the doctrines of demons have creeped into the church. And it's a contradiction to the word of God. So when I was speaking to this person, they were contradicting themselves because in all reality, 15 years have gone down the drain that God will not give them credit because his heart wasn't right there to begin with. It might have been there when he started, but then he got comfortable and he thought, without me, the sound cannot perform. Without me, the internet cannot work. I got newsflash for you. God don't need me. God can replace me. It don't matter how good I look. It don't matter how great I smell. It doesn't matter how great I preach. The moment I disconnect from God, I disqualify myself. That's word of mother. That's a little slang for y'all that grew up in the 80s. 
Amen. Help me out, Sister Janet. Every time I say a slang, you say amen. So that way I don't feel like I'm out of touch. Know what I'm saying? I got to get me an urban dictionary to deal with the youth of today. They have all these words. You ask them how their day is, how's their day? They say cooling. What is cooling? Chilling. I didn't know that. Amen. God is good. Give them a round of applause. Mm. First of Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, the apostle Paul writes to Timothy concerning the state of the believers. He says that in the latter days, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. When you allow offenses to come in, you usher in a bag of deception over your life. Just because you're going through a situation doesn't mean it's the end of the world. Every time you fail in a situation, it talks about your mental, your spiritual, and your physical state of being. And the church of today is so, so sensitive that you can't even speak the truth without walking in the church with a bulletproof vest. That's how bad it's gotten. Are you hearing me, church? God loves us all. That's why he's speaking to all of us, including me. As a believer, I got to step it up. I got to step it up in my prayer life. I got to step it up in my devotion to God. I got to step it up in my worship. I got to step it up in the way that I see things. I got to step it up as a father. I got to step it up as a husband. I got to step it up as a pastor. I got to step it up as a son. I got to step it up as an employee. I have to step it up as a Christian living in a country that's going down. I have to be the light. I have to be the soul. I have to continue because the war is coming and God is saying, where are the children? Where are my trumpets? Where are my vessels? My vessels are caught up in arguments that don't pertain to them. Don't worry about what's happening in the White House. Worry about what's happening in your house. Are you hearing me, church? It's okay. It's good. It's biblical for you to pray for, for your presidents and leaders. But it's up to them to make whatever decision they feel just because they make decisions doesn't mean it's going to alter the way that I believe in God are you hearing me church God is good give them a round of applause amen on my way to church my daughter asked me if I could stop by at Dunkin Donuts so that she could get something to eat First thing I said was, like, you paying? She said, yeah, then we going. And we went there. There was a line from here to God knows where. So we decided to get out the car and say, let's just go inside. Maybe the line will move faster. <laughs> that was a mistake. We waited in line, and every car that was in front of us. <laughs> Don't you just hate that? It's like you're in the supermarket. And an aisle opens up, and you run over there, and all of a sudden, like, the machine ain't working. And, and in the line, it's, sometimes you just got to stay in your place. That's a message in itself. So we go in, and there was this lady, man. She made an order longer than everything I wrote this morning. Obviously, if you make an order like that in a fast food restaurant, they're going to make mistakes. You get what I'm saying? And... I guess they got her order wrong. So the manager or the supervisor, whoever was in charge, was very apologetical about it and said, oh, we'll fix it. You know, the, the, the girl, uh, whoever served you, pressed the wrong button, whatever the case might have been. And the lady continued. And I'm looking at my daughter. And my daughter's looking at me. And, and, and we begin to have a conversation. I say, what's the big deal? What's the big deal? The, the man apologized to you because he forgot to put cream cheese in your, don't, in, 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 in your bagel. If you want things done right, do it yourself. Uh, hello? Do it yourself. If someone apologizes to you, take it. Forgive them. Didn't you realize that the person is, that's serving you is a human being just like you? 
That's why technology now is pushing an advancement for robots. That's why they're pushing for robots. Why? Because they believe that robots could represent the company better uh, and, and help the customer rather than another human being. That goes to show you how complicated the human being is. That we've gotten so far that we say, you know what? Let's create our own life. Let's just create robots to serve the world. So that way people could get along. Get along. Let, let's have cars drive people so they stop tailgating one another. Let's just do that. That's what they're doing. All of it is leading to a new world order. And pretty soon you're going to meet the maker that you say you worship, but in reality you don't. Because the one that you worship, you sure ain't acting like it. So you're going to meet one that understands you very well. The father of lies, the master of all deception, reincarnated in the flesh as the Antichrist. He's coming. He's going to answer all of your fleshly words and all of your, all of your fleshly questions and all of your fleshly desires. He's coming. He's coming. CNN reported not too long ago that they're looking for a leader that could start a new global movement. <laughs> I could have told CNN, come over to my house, buy me a cup of coffee, and I'm going to read you the book of Apocalypse, the book of Revelation. And I'll give you all the inside details of what's coming so that way it's not news to you. When it happens. Amen. God is good. Whew. We as Christians. Give our lives to God. And the moment we do. We receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Teaches us all things. Even the hidden things of God. In the midst of that. We built and form a relationship. That, it, that is covered by a covenant. That covenant protects you even when you sleep. All you have to do is be acceptable to what the Spirit wants to do. And you have to be open to that. When you decide to let your emotions and your feelings get the best of you, then there's another world, which is the demonic world. They come in and they begin to disturb you. Every time you get out of a line from the word of God, you subject yourself to the demonic. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The enemy doesn't rest. The enemy is constantly lurking and looking who he can devour. The problem with us human beings and Christians is that we forget. And this is where we find ourselves in a predicament. The Bible tells us what we are to say. We know that. Amen? The Bible tells us what God expects from us. Amen? But we say, I want to take matters. And my what? That's cool. Then get ready for the consequences that come with that. Every action causes a reaction, whether negative or positive. Amen. You hear believers that are walking in Christ, doing things the way God expects them to do, do it. And all of a sudden they hit a bump in the road and they lose sight. They get out of track and they start doing other things that God does not expect from them. Okay. And you will hear things. Well, this is the new me because I'm tired. Let me tell you something. Actually, that's the old you reincarnated. Because all things have passed away. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. So when you say this is the new me because you got offended about a situation, you just reincarnated and resurrected the old man. Because God expects each and every one of us to conduct ourselves in a holy matter. That doesn't mean for you to be perfect. So don't, don't use that to justify yourself. What it means is that I'm going to separate myself. I'm going to act the way God expects me to act. I'm going to talk the way God expects me to talk. I'm going to walk the way God expects me to walk. Period. That's hard. But the results are out of this world. Because every time you honor God with the way you conduct yourself... Heaven backs you up. How are you going to be rebuking demons when two weeks ago you was cussing? 
You see, you forgot that, but the spiritual realm didn't. You forgot that, but the demons didn't forget that. That's why you got to be careful with what comes out of your mouth. You hear mothers cursing their children. You're just like your father. And then they wonder why the child grows up the way they do. Don't curse your child. Don't curse no one. The Bible says bless those who curse you. That's what the Bible says. The Bible doesn't say get even. Or, 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 or modern day terminology from the youth. The Bible doesn't say for you to get salty. The Bible says for you to be the salt of the earth. But now we get salty. That means we get offended. We get into our emotions and our feelings. And that's okay because you don't have to take my word for it. But one day, the word that God has been sending you that you have yet to receive one day, you're going to wish you received it. And I hope that's not in your death date. Amen? In your deathbed. Galatians chapter 5 verse 16 says, I say then walk in the spirit and you should not be, fill, you should not be fulfilled of the lust of the flesh. This is the Apostle Paul talking to the church in the region of Galatia. He says to them, I say then walk in the spirit and you should not fulfill the lust of the flesh. When you walk in the spirit, you are allergic to sin. You don't see things different. You see things different. But every time that you open up yourself to something, you're going to become subject to that. Whatever you open yourself to. This is not a suggestion that the Apostle Paul is giving the church. This is a command. This is not about what you think. Or how you feel. This is about what God has said and what God expects. See the difference? We're faithful with work, right? We're expected to be there on time. Am I right or wrong? We're if we wear uniforms, we're expected to, wear, to comply with the, uh, with the company's policies, right? If you violate the policies, you can be uh, suspended or even fired, right? Why is it that it's easy for us to be compliant at work, but not with the house of God? <laughs> we twist. You know who's our God now? Job. Job is our work. Job is my work. Job is my God. And then when job fails me, then I go to God. And God says, well, you abandoned me. You see, but when your perspective is different, you say, no, God gave me this job. You, you see, one time in my job, they were saying, they're going to lay people off. You should start. Like I said, if God brought me here, God is faithful to see me through it. I'm not worried about layoffs. I'm not worried about Wall Street. I ain't worried about the White House because I'm subject to a king. The Bible teaches me that God is the God of everything. So if I serve him, I'm under everything. Are we believing him? Or are we believing ourselves? The Apostle Paul says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 19 through 21, those who practice such things, and he lists a, a few things, so if you want to go back and read it on your own time, you can read the book of Galatians chapter 5, verses 1 through 21, and he lists all of these things. And he says at the end, those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Will not inherit. Will not will not isn't it funny how you go to funeral homes and everybody goes to heaven oh pookie was such a great guy pookie was showing at people yesterday how he gonna go well god understands you know he had a, he had a slip up he was, he was selling drugs smoking drugs and and if it was that easy, I wouldn't be preaching to you. I wouldn't. I'll be out there living La Vida Loca. 
doing whatever whatever I feel. Oh, this is how I feel today. I feel so good. I, I just want to go and do whatever I want. You can do all that. You can by all means. But don't complain when the bill collector comes. Don't complain. It's like people who have a, 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 a dream. It's good to have a dream. But that dream could turn quickly into a nightmare. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's okay to have ambition, to want to prosper in life. But at what cost? You hear people all the time, oh, I'm going to open up a business. That's good. That's good. First of all, you got to register the business. You got to pay taxes for the business. Uh, uh, hello? Uh, hello? Uh, um, you need money? Okay. You need employees? You need this? You need that? And when they see the big picture, then they wonder why their dreams don't come a reality. Because in all reality, you could dream. But you have to be committed to that dream. You have to be disciplined. Amen. You can't just open a business and just give out free service. How long is that business going to last? There's nothing wrong with giving stuff away for free from time to time, but you just open. No, I'm sorry. Now, I know in the business world, they use all kinds of gimmicks to get you in there, but nothing is really free. Nothing. It, it, it's included in the membership somewhere. The numbers will add up later. It's like that, that day I went to Costco's. This guy was like, aisle five, we're going to be giving away free knives. I went over there, gave me about a two-hour speech to give me this little flimsy little knife. I said, my mother got better knives than that. Her handle those doesn't look fancy. It's not made out of stainless steel, but my mom's knife's got duct tape in it. It got a good grip. We 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 cup and need with that. Okay. We lend it out from time to time. And if people get <laughs> when people get a little spicy, we, we show them what we got. God is so good. Amen. <laughs> Will not inher inherit the kingdom of God. Now, we as believers need to be reminded of this. Galatians chapter 5 verse 22 to 20, 23 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, uh, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against there is no law. If you abide in the fruits of the Spirit, the demons can't attack you. Because against it, there is no law. Sometimes demons attack you because you break the law. We could get deep into that. Demons at times attack Christians because they break moral laws in the spiritual realm. When God tells you to love, you love based on the way you want to love. God's love is unconditional, meaning I got to love you regardless how I feel about you. God doesn't say like a person. He says love a person. Love them so much like you love yourself. And if you don't love your neighbor, how can you love God that you have not seen? You are a liar. Scripture? So my goal is to program myself and discipline myself into the love of God. Joy. Many Christians today are just spicy. Anything gets on their nerves. I wonder what kind of spirit you're under. I wonder what's tormenting you. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, we have our moments. You know, today we woke up, we had a headache, we had a backache, we didn't sleep good. But that still doesn't give you the right. It doesn't give you the right whatsoever to justify poor behavior. It doesn't. You better check yourself before you wreck yourself. Are you hearing me? When I'm in the highway, there's people tailgating me. You know what I do? I get out of the way. 
They flip me the middle finger. I flip them the cross. They do that. And I pray for them. I said, God, have mercy on them. Have mercy on them just like you had mercy on me when I was in that alley smoking drugs. Back in 98, when I was in the gangs, someone was praying for me. You had mercy for me then. How can I not have mercy for my brother? Oh, get off of me. Are you hearing me, church? Poor behavior. Why? Because of this fake gospel, this false gospel, these false prophets saying things that God hasn't even said. You hear, you, sometimes you see prophets that act. I, I kid you not like psychics. They're telling you your social security number. Why do I need to know my social security number? The Lord says, tomorrow will be Tuesday. Duh. That's not prophecy. And that has crept in. Jezebel had 400 false prophets under her payroll. And there was one prophet that challenged all 400 of them. And he thought he was bad. And he went to the Lord and said, I'm the only one that hasn't bowed down to Baal. And God said, no, there's many more that haven't. Uh, you, you ain't the last Coca-Cola brother. That's why he went in a cave and he wished he wanted to die. You better be careful. Sometimes you think you're bold. You really ain't that bold. <laughs> Hello, Peter took out the knife and took the ear of the high priest guard, right? He chopped it off. An hour later, nah, I don't know, Jesus. I, I thought you was bad. You see, people act bad when it's convenient for them. But when trouble really comes, nah, no, nah, that, that ain't me. No, nah, that, that. You see how funny people are sometimes? And that's how we are. We got to get to a place of maturity where we're eating meat and stop drinking milk. Imagine an adult walking around with breath smelling like Similac, wet behind the ear. That don't make no sense. But that's how we are sometimes in the spiritual world as human beings. I know you're laughing, but it's true. And you can name a few. And we're not name-calling people. What we're saying is that if God has inspired you, if God has saved you, as God has taken you out from the gates of hell, show something for it. Amen? The Apostle Lourdes was up here a few weeks ago. She gave us a word. She said, people are, are doing this, whatever. The first thing that came to my mind, I said, bring it on. Bring it on. The way you handle a situation will determine how much you have grown. Now listen to this. When other people talk about you or try to hurt you, it will never compare to what Jesus went through, the disciples went through, and the early church went through. I take anyone talking about me, my wife, my family, the church, I take that over crucifixion. I take that over betrayal. I take that over uh, Apostle Paul was shipwrecked three times, beaten and left for dead, thrown in prison. Uh, uh, Stephen was stoned to death. None of y'all have been stoned. Someone literally stoned you for Christ? It hasn't happened to me. Literally, no. Ha have you been thrown in jail for your faith? No, unless you live in China, right? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Your level of maturity is determined by the way you handle situations. Why do I say this to you? Because God expects us to handle things the way he ordered it, not the way we feel and not the way we think. Look at what the, uh, the Apostle Paul tells Timothy. I don't only want you to grow, but I want you to live a life quiet and peacefully. That's what the Apostle Paul told Timothy. I want you to live a life quiet and peacefully. And I want you to lead by example. A few years, uh, about a year ago, I met up with a pastor. And we were talking about a, a conversation. It, it, had, it first started with the elections. And you know how everybody gets 
you know, when election time happens. And during this election time, there was a lot of controversy going on, you know, Biden and, and Trump. And, and we were having a conversation on a certain topic, right? And all of a sudden, he got heated. And he began to manifest right in front of me. His face changed. In the midst of, in the midst of our conversation, he got up, making pretend like he was going to go out the door. And I was sitting in the chair. Like this. You know how I'd be sitting. You know, because he was doing all these moves. And I'm like, and I'm looking at him. And I said, can I ask you something? If the Holy Spirit is in you, why are you acting like that? He began to cry. He goes, oh, no, no, I don't want you to. I said, I'm not judging you. I said, I haven't moved. We are disagreeing on certain views, but I haven't gotten up. I haven't had made faces. I didn't threaten to leave. Why are you acting like that? You see, when you know who you are, and you know who's inside of you, come hell, him, or high water, you stay in your place and you stay in peace. What's up? What's up? When I was in the gang world, 16 year old, oh, six, I was 16 years old, 95 pounds, soaking wet. I, I used to wear a visor. You remember that? Come on, Janet, help me out, man. They don't know nothing about no visors. Remember them feline visors? Hello! And the straps behind it. Come on, man. With them Paco jeans and a white tank top. Remember them days? That's for the people of the 90s. Late 90s, right? Late 90s? Okay, yeah. And I, and I got recruited. They said, now you're one of us. Wherever you stand and wherever you go, you will represent us. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And in return, they will respect you. I was at the swimming pool. Y'all remember that swimming pool up in Chicopee? That's where all the gang members used to say, you, you know about that. And I have my bandana on with the colors of the gang. Walking with no chest out, you know. And three grown men that were not in gang said, whoop. How much more in the kingdom of God? What devil is going to disturb your peace? You got the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the God almighty. Not in my house. Not, not here. Not, not, not. You ain't coming in here. Oh, you better not come in here. The only way they could come in unless you give them access. How do you give them access? By the music you listen to? By the things you watch on TV? The things you entertain? The things you watch on Facebook? And the things that come out of your mouth? And I'm going to give you a scripture for that. So that way you think I'm not making this up. Matthew chapter 15 verse 18. But the things that come out of, the, of a person's mouth come from the heart and defile them. It's not what goes in. It's what comes out. For every action, there's a reaction. Amen. And that's scripture. There, there's people that literally will take one situation from one to a hundred. Is there any need for that in the kingdom of God? No. When I was in the gang worlds, I stood in my block. How did, how did I know that was the block? Because they graffitied every wall. I said the name of the gang. Even though it wasn't owned by the gang. It was owned by public housing. But we owned the streets. That make no sense. And, and, and our colors and everything that we did reflected who we represented. The cops knew who we were, our enemies knew who we were, and we knew who we were. In the kingdom of God, God knows who you are, the devil knows who you are, but you don't know who you are. Because of what comes out of your mouth, stupidness. I tell my wife every day, you're beautiful. I speak life to her. We've been together for almost 20 plus years. Thank you. 
I tell my daughter every day, I love you. Before I leave the house, I kiss my daughter. My daughter is grown, but I'm still putting these wet lips all over her cheek while she's sleeping. You know, early in the morning. But one day, if I go, she's going to regret them juicy, Pentecostal, Sasson, Adobo. Kiss your wife before you leave the house. Kiss your husband before you leave the house. Kiss your children. Don't live life. I could have, should have, living in regret. No, live life with purpose. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yeah, you won the argument, but you lost the person. What's the point of arguing with someone if you're going to lose them? Make it count for something. The Bible says, win your brother over. Win them over. Go the extra mile. Get down where they are so you can lift them up. You you thought you had it all together all your life? No, somebody had to pick up you. And they had to bring a shovel to pick up you know what else that you left. Many false prophets. And they will deceive many. In 1st of Timothy chapter 4 verse 1, the Apostle Paul says to Timothy two specific things. He says, many will be deceived and many will give heed to the doctrines of devils. In some versions it says demons. A doctrine is a teaching or a set of principles When it comes down to doctrines of demons, it's an unholy teaching that comes from Satan. The doctrines of demons is a serious matter because it involves the departure of the truth of the gospel into lies. So you know the truth, but you don't want to accept the truth. I don't know how many of you know people who one point in their life served God. And and from time to time, you might run into them, maybe at a picnic, maybe at a cookout, whatever the case might be. And they're telling you how good God is. Why they smoking drugs? Why they drinking? Oh, I'm going to get right one day. I'm going to go to. Mm. And they'll preach to you a sermon. And they'll talk to you about how good God is and what God did for them. But they're a living contradiction. Why? Because they opened up themselves to deception. We got to be careful with our ear gate, with our eye gate, and our mouth gate. What you hear can affect the way you think. What you hear can affect the way you see things. What you allow in will come out of you. That's the power of media. That's why I'm careful with everything that I read. I try to get the best source. But we as Christians have the upper hand. Okay? What upper hand do we have? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit tells us before the storm comes to get ready. The Holy Spirit guides us. I mean, the Holy Spirit wants to be so involved in your daily life that everything comes to you like second nature. Are you hearing me, church? Let us not be the ones who fall asleep and lose sight of what God wants to do with us and give what God has given us to the powers of the enemy. We have to be careful. So I say to you, watch what you watch on TV, on Facebook, on social media, anything. Watch it. If it's not edifying... You see, the third sign we're going to be talking about in a few weeks talks about the perverse generation that's to come. The self-love generation today. You'd be surprised how many women who are married will go on social media and show something that belongs to their husband. And And they don't find a problem with that. I do. I do. Because what's mine is mine's. I don't want nobody looking at what's mine's or my wife showing off what belongs to me, just like she wouldn't want me either. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But this is a normal behavior now. But the Bible talks about this behavior. This is not a godly behavior. This is a demonic behavior. 
And I know that you're probably going to get upset with me and you're going to get angry and you're probably not going to come to this church, but that's fine. Get the message before you go to hell. That way, at least you know why you're going there. Make it count. It's like the people that broke into the White House. They said 40% of those people that broke into the White House on December the 6th did not even vote. I mean, if you're going to do something, you might as well just make it count. You're going to spend the rest of your life, maybe this is a federal case, 30, 50 years in jail for breaking into a White House because you're upset about the election, but you didn't even vote? That'll make no sense. Are, are you hearing what I'm saying? It don't make no sense, but that's how oblivious people are today, amen? So don't be an oblivious Christian. Be a Christian that's sound, that, that's caught up in the things of God and knowing that God has you. The Apostle Paul urges them and, and, and says to Timothy, listen, do not forget these teachings because there will come a day that you will be challenged. He calls it a day of trouble. Each and every one of us are going to face a day like that where our character is going to be challenged, where our integrity is going to be challenged, where our principles are going to be challenged. Are you hearing one day is going to come? One day when you least expect it. You remember when people were asking who you vote for? Some of you were afraid because you thought somebody was going to stone you or egg your car. Or, or I told them who I voted for. I was in no shame in my game. You get what I'm saying? God is good. Give them a round of applause, church. Amen. <laughs> the Apostle Paul stresses holy living, righteous living. When you don't have a holy living or a righteous living, you give yourself or you open up yourself to a falsehood and to emotional living. A person that lives on emotions will always be subject to tragedy. Just because I feel some way doesn't give me the right to deal with things the way I feel. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Just because everybody handles things that way doesn't give me the right or the permission from God to handle things that way. I'm going to stick in my lane, in the lane that God has called me to. Instead of me making an issue about it, I'm going to go to the Spirit and pray about it. I used to be one of those Christians that the moment I used to find myself in trouble or I got upset or angry or something, I will text and make matters worse. And involve other people into sensitive issues. And then I will go to the room and rebuke the devil. And the devil will be like, you hired me. You hired me. The Bible says, bring everything into prayer. And in due time, you know, when your feelings and your emotions are under control. And God gives you the opportunity, you could talk to the person. Because the Bible says that you could win the person over with wise words. Versus harsh words. And if you won them over, heaven backs you up. But if you have not won them over, hell will back you up. So in other words, there's a time and a place for everything. Stop beefing at the family picnic. They invited you to a baby shower. They invited you to a cookout. They haven't invited you in years for now. You know what? Be the peacemaker. I ain't going over there. Well, don't go. And then when you go over there, you're feeling salty, you're feeling some type of way, and, and you're showing the ones who talk about you how really immature you are by the way you behave. I have caught myself at times feeling some type of way, and I had gone into the prayer room and said, Lord, search my heart. Search my heart. I don't want to offend anyone. Search my heart. And something has taken place that when I come out of that prayer room or that, or that moment that I'm with God, that I don't look at the situation the same way I looked at it or I don't feel the same way I did an hour ago. And something good comes out of it rather than problematically causing another issue or stirring things up. The Bible says that you are the light of the earth. If you know that the people that you're dealing with are in darkness, okay, then be a person of wisdom. There's a time and a place for everything. Instead of complaining about it, begin to pray about it. 
First of Timothy chapter two, verse two says, for the kings of those in authority that we have made live peacefully and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. And then verse three says, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our savior. I'm going to read that again. First of Timothy chapter two, verse three says, for it is good and acceptable in the sight of who? In the sight of men? In the sight of the devil? In the sight of who? Let everything count for good. I'm here because I want to honor you, God. Even though they're treating me unfairly. I'm here even though they're talking about me. I'm here because people don't stab you in the back no more. They stab you in your chest now. They stab you right in front of your face. But you got to be the stronger person. You got to be the better person and say, you know what? I'm going to let that slide. You know why I'm going to let that slide? Because Jesus died for me. And right now it doesn't even matter what he or she has to say. What really matters is what God has to say. So if I want to do things right, I'm going to make them count. Because I know that the eyes of God are watching me even when others are not watching me. God is watching my intent. God is watching my heart. God is watching my actions. God is watching. And if God is watching me, God is going to reward me so I could care less how you feel about me period upset about people talking about you let me tell you have those people pay your rent they pay your mortgage they put food on the table they take care of you when you're sick they drop you off at work they take care of you no so why are you worried When you worry about things like that, you open up yourself to the doctrines of demons. And I discover that many of us have not been taught that. That's why we're in the predicament that we're in. We have to understand that God is for us, not against us. And he that's with us, it is greater than those that are against us. Stop living your life based on other people's opinion and start living your life based on what God has said about you. He has sealed it, he has packed it, and his blood is all over it. Are you hearing me, church? Lead your life by example, conduct, and behavior. You know what I learned about self-control? That the only way the only possible way, and I believe that, and that's my personal opinion, that you can live a life uh, by, by, by self-control is by simplifying your life. The less I know, the better. And this is what I mean by that. Information comes to me from all different outlets, all different sources. I choose what I want to listen to. When someone comes with a negative report and they ain't got nothing nice to say, it's like I, I, I get that signal transmission that it won't connect. You know, like those that got uh, uh, satellite TV, there's certain channels that won't connect. Sometimes it's good that you're not watching what's on those channels. It's like even though you pay for them, but or all of a sudden you're watching a good show like Judge Duty or something, and all of a sudden a news alert comes up and it just stops what you were watching and it interrupts what you're doing because what you were watching for the moment is not as important as the breaking news. Sometimes we got to have that attitude. It's sad that many of us will find out how beautiful life really was when we die. Life was meant for us to enjoy now. Jesus says, I come to give life and more of it abundantly. In other words, what Jesus was saying, I come to give you life and you giving you the blessings and the favors so that you can enjoy this life. Everybody wants to go to heaven, but you'd be surprised how many angels want to come to earth. So you better live your life now. I, I, don't, I don't allow anyone, and my wife can witness to this. I don't allow anyone to disturb my peace. I was driving yesterday. Yesterday was hot. I turned on that AC in that car, and we was cruising. And we normally go down New Haven 
to the food carts, the food trucks. I didn't know they, they have a place over here in Springfield. Man, they got some good pinchos. Twelve minutes away from where I live. I was driving an hour, you know, wrong driving an hour, but man, them pinchos were right here. You know why I didn't go there? Because someone said, ill. And then I said, well, let me give it a try. It wasn't ill. It was finger licking. I was like, $3. And bread. Three slices of bread. My brother said, yep, yep, that's where I'm going. That's where we're going. I said, man. No line. No line. I go to the ones on there in Connecticut. You're looking about a half to 45 minutes to an hour, and they only give you a half of the order, and then you got to wait for your piña colada. By the time you get your piña colada, you so dry, you don't even get to enjoy it. You just juggle. <laughs> you know, you want your food with your refreshment at the same time so you can enjoy it. Am I right or wrong? You go down to these food trucks over there, they, they pound it with people. Anyhow, that's just me. So I learned how to simplify my life. And what I mean by that, the other day I was driving, I was coming out of work. And the Holy Spirit said, stop here for gas. And I stopped for gas. I did. I heard the, the Holy Spirit say that. Stop here for gas. Filled up my tank. Then the Holy Spirit said, go into that store. I went into that store, and everything that I was looking for that I'd forgotten about it was on sale. The Holy Spirit told me that. So I put all that stuff in my car, right? And then the Holy Spirit said to me, now go to the car wash, you know, because I pay a membership. The Holy Spirit said like that, go to the car wash because the next couple of days is going to be nice and sunny. Just like that, I go into the car wash, wash my car. I get home. The Holy Spirit said, put that load uh, uh, of laundry inside the washing machine. In two hours, in two hours, I saved the whole Saturday. I freed up time. On the things that I, that I, I was going to do on Saturday, I did them in less than two hours and I enjoyed my Saturday. Simplify your life. Are you getting what I'm saying? Stop wasting your life. Simplify your life. If you know that people are going to call you with drama and it's the same thing, and when they ask you, I call you about three times, I don't get no signal. I don't get no signal. I only got Holy Spirit signal. You got something good to say? No, but I, 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 the phone. People will take advantage of your kindness, and they will treat it for weakness. They will dry you like a California raisin. That before you even know it, you was it, and now you ain't. People will take over your life if you give them the right. There's a time and a place for everything. Simplify your life. And I close with this. The teachings that we have been enduring these last couple of weeks here at the Resurrection Center are for your own benefit, are for your growth. And if you don't get with the times, you will find yourself behind, left behind. God is coming soon. And there's every sign pointing to his return. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Within the next six months, we're going to feel the aftermath of COVID. We're going to feel it. Inflation, by all this printing of money, is going to cost you triple for the basic items of every day. So start stocking up now. History has said that, and history will repeat itself. This nation is going under. I live here. I'm affected by it. But I live under a different jurisdiction, and that's the kingdom of God. So regardless, whatever might come my way, the Holy Spirit will prepare me for it. Are you prepared for what's coming? Stop listening to false teachings. And get into the Bible. Every time someone's preaching and I'm watching them on TV or YouTube, I take out the Bible. Their words got to match these words. Because if those words don't match these words, hello? If these words don't match those words, I ain't listening to it. Because I'm not going to subject myself to a spirit of error. I don't say amen to everything. 
Because amen means that you come into agreement. And God will hold you accountable to everything you come into agreement. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Let us be on our feet, church, if we're physically able. God bless all those who are watching us through Facebook, YouTube, social media. God bless you. My name is Pastor Jose Martinez. Thank you for tuning in. If you want to find out more information about our ministry, log on to our website at www.resurrectionspringfield.org or follow us on all social media platforms at TRC413. God bless you.